This is Blind Like Me. Hello, everyone. Interviews, information, and reviews related to living with a vision disability. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been visually impaired since birth. He's been in radio for 30 years and also hosts the podcast Inside Today's Country. Tim has never let his lack of vision stand in his way. Welcome to another edition of Blind Like Me. It is Tim Black, and uh, we are hanging out uh, with a lady who I um, got an email from who I think is uh, very interesting because she has a very interesting career, uh, and it has to do with dogs and babies. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Her name is Jennifer Shryak. I got that right, did I? You did. <laughs> she <was> practicing, <laughs> I tell you. Uh, all the way from uh, North Carolina, uh, welcome to Blind Like Me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, and how did you uh, how did you find us? I actually found you guys from TikTok. I saw Caitlin who was on and uh, mm-hmm. thought, "Wow, that's cool. Let me uh, let me get in touch." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> she was uh, she was a great person to talk to. Absolutely, super neat lady. Well, let's find out a little bit about uh, Jennifer. Uh, you are also visually impaired, much like myself. Uh, and you've had quite an interesting uh, career that you have uh, developed, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let's talk a bit about what Jennifer's life has been like as a visually impaired person. You're someone who has really uh, not kind of shown your vision to a lot of people you were telling me. So talk to me about life with you. Yeah, so, you know, I think growing up, it was always, um, it was a struggle in classrooms, for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But whenever I could, I tried, I I think I learned to hide my visual impairment. And Um, why is that? I I think just the vulnerability, you want to fit in, you don't want to ask for extra help, you, you know, I I realized as an adult how much I compensated as a kid, um, and how there's a lot of undoing of that like embracing that certain things are a struggle and are difficult and it's really okay to ask for help. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's okay to use tools um, to meet my needs. Mm-hmm. I think it was a vulnerability. I have albinism and so that made me stand out quite a bit already. Mm-hmm. So I was one who wanted to kind of shrink into the background and not be seen. Right. And you know what it's like. Sometimes if you ask someone to help you read the menu that's at someplace Mm -hmm. you know they speak very loudly sometimes sometimes (laughs) people don't you know and so i learned forget it i just want to order a hamburger i know they're always there i'll order hamburger i'll always get vanilla ice cream it's always on the menu safe bets right Mm -hmm. so i learned really you know it wasn't until i was an adult that i realized how much of that i was doing to Mm -hmm. avoid more attention being drawn to myself right um yeah and and now as being an adult, uh, how has that you know you're kind of going the other direction now? Yeah, trying, trying. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, I do a lot of traveling, and so um, going in and out of the airport and going different places, it's been such a growing learning experience for me to kind of embrace my visual impairment and kind of see how to how to you know, work around that, mm-hmm. how to make it a game. Like, you know, there's certain patterns and strategies I feel like I use in, as soon as I step off of the plane and I'm mm-hmm. in say transferring flights or something, you know, mm-hmm. there's different things that I, I, I find are helpful. Um, it's interesting to me, like when you talk to someone and say, oh, you're going through this airport, one airport over another, someone might say, oh, that's a really great airport. It's easy. Right. 
and I, I think, oh, it's going to be a breeze. And I walk in and it's nothing but glaring, <laughs> shiny floors and windows everywhere. And I cannot see at all, right. <laughs> you know, but for the sighted person, it was a smaller airport. It mm-hmm. was smaller airports are tough because yeah. they're not they're not as uh, accommodating. So what for, are the strat- what are the strategies you use? Mm, yeah. Stepping off the airport, you're going to, you know, when you get into, say, you're doing a change, looking around, taking a breath and just looking around and observing the signs, getting, allowing my eyes to train on the signs of that airport and getting a feel for what it is you're going to be targeting visually. Mm-hmm. So what you're looking for. So usually whether it's, I think Atlanta is like gray and big black letters, like, and and also looking around for the helpers, looking mm-hmm. around for people who, what color shirts are they wearing? You know, who are the who are the staff there to kind of help? Um, I have to say, I love Atlanta. Um, it's one of my favorite airports to go through because it is extraordinarily accommodating. Really, um, signs are huge. People are there to help you. Um, I I don't know, and and I've learned to say, yeah, I you know I can't. You can tell me it's down there <laughs> or look at this. Do you see that? No, yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, but, but again, just taking a breath, looking for the patterns of the signage, mm-hmm. I think is a really important thing. And now I was telling you earlier, I am so forever grateful because I've also learned to relax in the moment, not panic. I think mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of go, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. But having my phone and being able to take a picture, because they'll all say to you when you get off a flight, yeah, you know, look at the look at the board right. for your connection. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> that does me no good. Uh, that's a pretty board with lots of light, you know, yeah. lights and everything. Now I can take an, an image of it. Um, and right. I can blow it up or I can and I can ease into it and take my time. So mm-hmm. I've I've learned to kind of allow those accommodations that our phones have been. Oh, my goodness. What a gift. It, I mean, <laughs> you know, you think about it when you we were talking uh, earlier about being back in school and so, so forth like that. You yeah. know, the technology wasn't there, obviously, when oh, back no. in the day. And, and nowadays, uh, as I said to you uh, before we started recording, the fact that I think, um, you know, blind people should be the spokespeople for 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 Apple's accessibility because every person that I have interviewed on this in the last couple of years, uh, we've all we've all got one of these in our hands. We're all and and I'm holding one of them right now. Uh, We all have one and uh, it has made a a life difference. Have you tried any different apps on your phone as well for for accessibility? You know, I have over the years. I've done some magnification things, um, but honestly, I go back to just what they provide. Okay. I found it pretty, mm-hmm. pretty helpful. Um, so I haven't, I haven't gotten too handy with too many different apps, um, but I would love to learn about some. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's definitely a couple, and I think one of the ones that we've talked about on this one, on this podcast before, uh, is seeing AI. Which is uh, which? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I remember which, here, and I yeah, did look at that. Yeah, you yeah. should you should use that one. It, it's uh, it's probably one of the best uh, ones that I think I've ever used. And and every time I turn around, somebody else is, is suggesting it. You're a mom of four uh, of kids, and how old are your kids? Oh, 24, 23, 19, and 11. My goodness, you're a busy lady then. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. has uh, what's life been like raising four kids as being visually impaired? How, uh, how, you know, how's that worked yeah. out? Um, it's definitely had its challenges. You know, I can't drive, and in North Carolina, 
you really need to drive. You okay. really need to have places. So um, I am not able to drive. And so that definitely allowed for my husband to be, boy, he was at every OBGYN visit. He was at every pediatrician visit. He was at everything. You know, mm -hmm. so because he was the you know main driver and very active father, it was it you know in in a way that was a benefit. Right. Um, we always did everything together, but it was frustrating not to be able to just throw the kids in the car and go to the park. Or, right. um, you know, I'm not as comfortable in stores as my husband is. You know, I find them very overstimulating visually. Mm -hmm. um, my husband does the food shopping; that's not my gig, mm -hmm. um, and. You know, just those kinds of things. You know, my son played year-round baseball. And, um, you know, for many reasons, that was very difficult. It was always extraordinarily sunny, hot, and very hard for me to see anything. I mean, they're all in uniforms and look the same. <laughs> you know? Trust me, my so, kid my kid played right. soccer, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, good job. Well done. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you know, it was great. I mean, I did like when he had night games because I actually could see the ball, you know, if mm -hmm. it wasn't, a, you know, it was it was helpful. But, um, you know, it was hard. It, that was a little difficult, um, you know, but, but my husband was good about telling me sort of what's going on. And you got, you know, you learned over time. Yep. I mean, it was many years, many mm -hmm. years of baseball. You learn. Um, so that was, that was something, but, you know, I've taken the wrong picture of who I thought was my kid <laughs> <laughs> at ceremonies and stuff, uh, you know, different things. Cause your, your eyes trained for, you know, you think you got it down and yeah, you yeah. know, and by, you know, someone else comes up and has very curly hair. Or something. <laughs> so that's happened. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of things, you know, I think that it's impacted, but you know, on, on the other sense, in many ways, I've always tried to make it a not, not event. I think even a couple of weeks ago, I had a situation, um, you know, we were in, uh, Charlotte and my, my son has an apartment there and mm -hmm. we haven't really gotten a chance to walk around town. Right. And I have very little depth perception to begin with, Okay. you know, it's just not there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so walking around town with, I've got very thick glasses that throw my balance off a little bit sometimes when the lighting is a certain way, okay. but then you throw on a mask and a mask that fogs up your glasses, like no way. So I actually had to just say, you know what? I, I really can't do that. Right. I, I, that's, that's really gonna be not enjoyable for me and, and hard because, well, mm -hmm. it's hard to see. And I do find, uh, right. so, but it's rare that I would say that, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't like to have my vision stand in the way. Right. Um, right. So that was a little frustrating, but you know, I'm learning that sometimes that's okay too. Yeah. Why I don't need to go through a situation, um, and, and be completely uncomfortable. Nobody wants that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's totally fine to say, you know what, that, that really isn't going to be the mm -hmm. best situation for me. How have you dealt with, um, obviously talking about uh, no depth perception, that is one of the biggest challenges for visually impaired and blind people right now is COVID-19 and staying two meters apart from everybody. How have you, how have you dealt with all of this that we've been going through? <laughs> yeah, um, that's been challenging. I will say that um, being able to, uh, not seeing people's whole faces mm -hmm. is, is even more challenging. 
Um, you know, if there's several people, I can't see who's talking. I can't read the eyes at all. Right. Um, and the other thing that I'm finding very challenging with the COVID is these shields that are up. No one, I mean, you know, I went in someplace, they're clear and I don't see it. I don't necessarily see the shield. So some of the accommodations that are being required for COVID, it's different in every location, yeah, right? So the yeah. X's are going to be in different spots on the floor where you're supposed to stand. And people are very, very impatient. I mean, I, I don't necessarily see it. I'm not stupid. I just can't see it. Right. And again, because it's it's an uh, the visual impairment is not something that makes it obvious I have a disability or I, I, I might have a tough time seeing that. Um, people get impatient sometimes, which right. is a little frustrating, mm-hmm. um, you know. I, I, and, and that's one of the reasons I have actually considered and probably will be using a cane is so that it's it's an identifier. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question is, is have you decided to go with a, even an ID cane just to, to yeah. you know, just not necessarily it doesn't need to be the long one, but just an ID cane. And I I personally have carried one for years and it just, yeah. you know what, it, it makes the world just so much easier for the fact that people now know that you have a visual impairment. 99% of the time they won't see the cane, but at yeah. least you know it's, you know, it's there and it's in your hand, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it might exactly. help you out. Um, how have your kids? I'm going to go back to them just a little bit here. How have they? How did the uh, kids take? Uh, and you know, when did they realize that that mom couldn't see too well? I think. Um, I mean, we always talked about it, but I don't. You know, and and I would have difficulty re- going over their schoolwork sometimes. Things like that. Now again, it's easier with the phone. I can take a picture of it. <laughs> um, you know, but. Uh, you know, and I can't see their computers, different, you know, different things. I think they're still learning too. Again, I was a pretty good master of hiding it. Um, and I think I really didn't let my guard down because I always tried to, you know, always Mm. try to find a way and compensate. Um, so I think even my family, my siblings aren't aware of what I can and cannot see. Really? Um, Yeah, I think it just became something that yeah, for me it was it was easier just to say, yeah, okay, I can see that versus, mm-hmm. you know, to address it. Right. I don't know. Okay. You have a very interesting career uh and one of the things that we've talked about in in the past on on this podcast is the fact that the unemployment rate for visually impaired and blind people in both Canada and the US and around the world uh, is very very high, but you created a a career for yourself that you didn't have to drive. Let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me what it is. <laughs> well, I am a the founder of Family Paws Parent Education, so I'm a certified dog behavior consultant. I specialize in dog and baby toddler safety and dynamics, mm-hmm. and um, I created this program. I started my business in 2002. And I started licensing my program in 2005. And we have uh, educators all over the world, you know, who are, you know, who I do um, online training with um, to learn about dog body language and about how to what to look for signs. Sounds kind of funny that someone who's got a visual impairment is uh, observing and reading dog body language. But I honestly think that because we tune into 
or I tune into like the whole picture very quickly, right. you know, for shapes and generalizations, I actually pick up on things that a lot of sighted people don't. Okay. Um, and a lot faster. I think it's just, I don't, I don't know how to explain that. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's feeling intuitiveness, I don't know, but, um, you know, I often found that even in like high school when I refused to wear my contacts or glasses, <laughs> um, I would be able to identify people in the crowd by the way they moved, by their, by their shape. Um, you know, before I had this career, I, I was a teacher and I had a classroom of kids and okay. my visual memory was really, really strong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't realize how my mind and my eyes work like that until one time I got a new computer okay. <laughs> and, uh, and trying to set that sucker up where everything was out of, the normal place. Sure. I realized, holy cow, I'm memorizing so much right. versus seeing. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, it's it's kind of a funny thing. That was I don't know if that was just basic for everybody. You know, other people with vision, if they found that frustration too. But um, I realized that I was memorizing like shapes versus actually reading things. So when I got a new computer and everything was different, yep, it became clear I couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Memory, memory, the, the memory is right. You know, we, we got to try to memorize things. I do the same thing. I memorize uh, as much as I can. And then I, as my wife will always tell me, you forgot it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay. So, but that just comes with, with age. <laughs> things start to fall out of your head a little bit. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Ha it happens now and then. And then you have to re try to remember yourself or remember stuff yeah. again. So yeah. I think it's really cool what you, what you have created as uh, with, with the, with the, the training. I think that is uh, an amazing thing. Uh, you know, I should bring my dog in here and get him to get him to look at you and find out why he's so timid as a as a dog that he is but um yeah. what's one of the things that you would really pass on to other visually impaired blind people as advice i think really embracing what it all the things that you are able to do mm -hmm. and and looking for your passion in that um that's something I, I talk about you know kind of thriving on my vision my vision of my work and passion and career but also thriving on my vision mm -hmm. um being able to accommodate and and create something that one i'm extraordinarily passionate about but two i'm able to do in a comfortable way um where i can kind of control things um to you know in the way that i need them mm -hmm. um you know my original career was I have a degree in special education right. and going into the classroom every day, you know, I loved it then, but I'm so grateful now that I really can adapt all of my work around my visual needs and, and have it be much more comfortable for mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I think finding what it is you love and creating something around that. You know, for me, I always knew I was going to have to work from home. It's funny because when um, COVID hit, uh, a lot of dog professionals are so used to going into homes and doing those things too. Um, I had already been online really? for many, many years. Okay. Yeah, I do. Lots of my consults are remote. In fact, almost all of them. Okay. Um, because, you know, if I were to go to a, a client's house, it would mean my husband has to drive me right my kids would all have to come along and i'm yeah. there for an hour and a half it was this whole big thing so over time i've kind of gradually moved my my clientele to remote 
um, and and find it to be very effective and actually in many ways more effective. Um, so that switch was fairly easy for me because I've been doing so much online. You were so. you were ahead of the you were ahead of the game because the re the rest of the world has had to already go you know has had to go online and and try to figure it out. So congratulations for that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make it work. There you I'm go. not leaving my house. You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. I'm pretty equipped for this time. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome, Jennifer. Anything else that you would like to uh, to mention uh, before we let you go today? No, I think just speaking up, you know, it's one of the things that I'm learning to do and, and you know, is the saying, recognizing my own limitations and turning it around into a positive and, and advocating for myself, um, you know, not always easy, but it's one of the things that, you know, helps me thrive in what I do. Excellent. And what's your uh, company's website? Let's get that uh, in here so people can go check it out. Sure. It's familypause.com. Pause as in dog pause. As in pause. Excellent. Yeah. Jennifer, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you very much for spending some time with us here on Blind Like Me. I wish you all the success uh, going forward and uh, go get yourself a cane. It'll make life a lot easier for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a comment or suggestion about future casts, drop us an email to blindlikeme at outlook.com. Blind Like Me is a timblackonair.com production.